It is 5.01 p.m. and you are inside the No Persinium Discord. That means on a Wednesday, that means it's time for Review Crew because 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I am Noah Nelson. I am your acting host for this week, uh, filling in for uh, Kevin Gossett, uh, who didn't see any of the stuff this week, so he's tapping out because he doesn't want to be part of the conversation and get spoiled. Uh, He will be back in a special segment next week with Laura Hess, who are going to do their take on Arcane, the secret cinema installation that is here in Los Angeles right now. Uh, So Laura will be tapping out after the first segment. Uh, I've spoiled that Laura's here. Let me say who else is here. Joining us from Chicago. Hey, everyone. It's Patrick McLean. Joining us from Rhode Island, right? I got that. Yeah, it says in the thing. It does say in the thing. And yep, I'm in Rhode Island. It's Leah Davis, your New England correspondent. And our special guest tonight, also here in Los Angeles, and who did an entirely different part of Arcane from what I did, which is one of the reasons why it's so notable, is... Hi, Jennifer Zhang here in LA. All right. Oh, listen to those tones. Uh, she's doing a lot of audio work these days. So like your voice just keeps getting smoother and smoother. Oh, okay. nice. Thank you. We got two segments for you tonight. We're going to start off talking about uh, Savage Hall, which is an online uh, show and experience and game group effort. Uh, who's on point for this one? Uh, Leah, is it you? Is it Patrick? Is it Laura? Because you all yeah, did it. Yeah, it was me. All right, Leah, so we, take it away. We all did it, but theoretically I was on, on point, um, even though I think I was the last one to show up that evening. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Oof. No, no, uh, Brianna. from behind, Brianna that's where I'm at today. <laughs> so what is, what is Savage Hall? Who's behind it? What's the deal with it? What is this thing? So this is Dark Arcade Theater. It's a remote online murder mystery slash LARP. Um, it's a really neat combination using some really interesting technology. What we knew going into it was we needed a full group of six players and we were told to gather and prepare ourselves for a 1940s style evening. Uh, the list of things we were meant to bring were was pretty small, pretty accessible, things like keys and a cup. And we were encouraged to play dress up um, along with providing or setting ourselves up with some some backgrounds from Zoom that they provided for us. Uh, in case we didn't hit this earlier on, yeah, it's a Zoom game. It's remote. So what's the what's the story here? What is the vibe? Is this a murder mystery thing, or what's going on? It is. So there are a few different plots going on, and I felt this was pretty Inception-esque. Uh, Laura, Patrick, chime in if you guys have anything to say about this here. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say also then to take even a further step back is that how we have found ourselves uh, in London during the Blitz is that, um, I'm going to use the word famous, like there was, a, there was a famed murder that happened at Savage Hall and it's remained a mystery to today here in 2021. And then what occurs is that a scientist has found a way through audio magic, <laughs> essentially, to transport uh, people back into the mindset and embody six primary characters who were involved or 
were the perpetrator or were just there that night, had their own agenda, what may, but were in the hall the night that happened. So you are, the conceit is that you, through the magic of this new technology, are being subjected to becoming that person. And the only way to find out who the murderer was is that we will become those people and reenact those moments. And the goal is because um, these this um, this character, this scientist, uh, who was it? It was like Professor Gage, and she found these audio signals, which indicated that these the ghosts of these characters are are trapped. They are still trapped in Savage Hall, and so our goal is to solve this murder mystery so that then those ghosts are essentially released from their confinement. God, guys, I am so glad you were able to explain that part uh, because (laughs) (laughs) it was, I felt like they were doing backflips to get us into a place to explain why we were dealing with a lot of audio and why we were on Zoom. Um, And that part didn't really hit for me, although it was sort of interesting. Mm. What really hit for me was the the meat of the story when we got finally got into our characters and got into 1940s London. Uh, Did any of you guys enjoy the the selection process like I did? Of like how we just were kind of randomly assigned roles? Oh, I choose to think that it wasn't randomly assigned, that our host observed us closely for half an hour and decided that I was an intriguing countess. (laughs) Well, I I almost think that goes without saying, frankly. Um, No, I think I I, I will say that I think, um, and I, I I think that's one of the key really good takeaways of this experience with Savage Hall was our game master, our host, our kind of narrative guide through the journey and what we're doing uh, did a phenomenal job in this experience. Um, they really help set tone. They really help guide us into expectations and they really kind of help guided the experience. And I found that was invaluable. So like in many ways, like they were serving as um a disembodied but a trustworthy voice in the narrative. Yes, they and were I think the assistant. A, the game master was the assistant to this professor. Right, but very important in a mystery to have someone that we all can listen to and what they say is fact. So which the, I feel is a, is a trapping of mis- murder mysteries is that you don't know who to trust. Go ahead, Noah. Yeah, so it sounds like the, a bit of a Watson character in some sense, but like, so you you had two actors you were dealing with more actors like you no. were embodying characters what's what's the setup here no well, I think we, there's a, a no plus there because there's a no plus yeah go there uh, is yeah <laughs> you, you don't want to jump in on that okay <laughs> <laughs> no i'm happy was... to but it was interesting how because i i do think we had a group discussion afterwards and both leah and patrick are more experienced larpers uh compared to me and so i do think there's some interesting ways that this was configured that both really supported this experience and um, other aspects of the framework that I think were um, were frustrating to all of us, regardless of our LARP experience. And so this, this sort of Watson character, the game master, uh, what was frustrating for me was that there was, that was the only other live kind of quote unquote actor. Mm. There was also a pre-recorded performance that was the only other performance that we didn't embody. That was the only other, um, uh, what is it? Um, non-playing character NPC. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the, 
there was a kind of vacillation between um, the game master who's the guise is that he's the assistant to his professor, but it wasn't completely in world. It kind of vacillated a little bit. Huh. I did not love that. And I, I'm going to take a step back here really quick and explain kind of the structure in a little bit of detail while avoiding spoilers in the sense that, so you're, you're the subjects who through the, through the science embody these people. And as you are sitting wherever you are, because as this is done on Zoom and your five other players or wherever they are, there is audio being pumped into everyone's headphones, but it is not the same audio. Huh. Typically, it is your character's uh, internal monologue to either help provide context or help set the stage or help provide clues of key observations. So, so you're, getting, you're getting like the stream of consciousness of a character – Correct. Um, yes. And okay. So what happens mm. is it's it's it basically it's in five acts or close to it. Each act starts with that character's voice talking to you that you are your character is informing you of where you kind of are, what your emotions are, things to be mindful, and then kind of gives you you know the the micro and the macro like um, objectives, the scene objectives as an actor of what you want to try to accomplish. And then we essentially get free time sometimes where it's all six of us together. Sometimes it was just one or two of us in a Zoom breakout room where then we get to do LARP. We get to do LARP. <laughs> we, we LARP uh, in that sense and we perform uh, the scene as we see fit, whether Patrick, we are conveying information. Oh, yeah. Better, better, better that you get to do LARP than you're forced to do LARP. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, uh, and I so that that's a strength here too. Is that yeah. what I really liked in that audio stuff was that you know it was always very clear what my intention was or could be and things like that. So I think that's did, where. So did it feel like side coaching here? Because like I gotta say, like what y'all are describing actually feels because particularly the way you describe it as like oh we, let's take a step back. Like I feel like we've taken like so many steps back from what the thing is that we have like left the building, you know, down at the cafe and kind of say, "Well, yeah, there's this yeah, thing yeah, we yeah. were doing over here," and like that. No, there's a lot of. You're not wrong. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, and, and that, I think that's that's very much where we came out of it. Was like, mm. man, the 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 core of this show of the gameplay is really beautiful and, and really well done. I wish it didn't have all of these outer layers surrounding it because it really made you feel a bit removed and made it very hard for me at least to uh, immerse myself in my character yeah because like i'm wondering like the 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 audio could function as like you know your conscience or like could help you like pull yourself more in but but it sounds like there's there's maybe things getting in the way i don't know i think that's true and i think the things that are getting in the way um are the the cadence the, the moving back and forth between our really attentive, wonderful game master and the audio and our free play. And you kind of bounce around enough that it's a bit hard to find mm. a real groove for play acting. Yeah. That said, um, I want to extol the virtues of, of the audio uh, internal monologue that uh, Dark Arcade has put together for this. One, the audio quality was phenomenal. Yes. I just, it really brought me there. <laughs> um, and I, I would go back and listen to that any day. Because there was also um, sound effects and a, a mm -hmm. additional like mood setting things. It just wasn't a, a voiceover. Like they really went above and beyond. Mm -hmm. with and the, the writing, the writing and the performances I thought were excellent. 
Agreed. I completely agree. Uh, and then from a LARP standpoint, so number two, um, I really was fascinated by this idea of really not getting any sort of character sheet. So all of the information I was getting about this character was happening in real time. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, I was feeling what, uh, what Aggie was feeling and, and I got to hear her voice, which I hadn't realized was going to be so transformative as a character. Um, not having to come up with the voice on my own. I just felt like I knew so much about who this person was. That, that reminds me a bit of playing and Patrick, you've played it too. Uh, Tales from the galaxy's edge. There's the high Republic section where you're playing this character, Addie Sun Z. Yes. And, and you get, you get Addie's voice. I guess this is also something that happens in Half-Life Alex, which I don't like head crabs. So I still, I own it, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, Cause I really don't want to encounter head crabs. Uh, in VR. That just sounds fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> and I didn't like him. In the, anyway, so now I'm thinking about head crowds. I shouldn't be thinking about. But the point being that hearing the voice, the first time I heard the voice of Addie, I suddenly found my body shifting. Like I was no longer being Noah. I was being Addie. And I was trying to match my physicality to the 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 voice I was hearing in my head that was quote unquote mine. Of course, I'm a crazy weird actor person, so of course I'm going to do no, something no, like no, this, no, but no, 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 no. You are I, exactly right. Well, I know I'm exactly right. No, uh, <laughs> why would you? Think, Leah, okay, why I'm sorry, would you I'm sorry. do that? Yeah. I'm tape really even. Look, hold on, let me take a step back here. You are you are middlingly right, Noah. Um, <laughs> oh, great. All right. Well, thanks, Leah, uh, for being on the show. No. Uh, so. <laughs> Well, and I, I, I well, and on that note, I think what was really so I think what makes Savage Hall something worthwhile to check out is that I, I'm sure we've all done it or have seen them or are aware of them. The the murder mystery in a box, right, mm-hmm. where you get your friends together for dinner and everyone gets a little booklet and they flip through it accordingly, and like the 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 tape or the timer goes off, and that's when you know to turn the page and stuff like that. Like this was the best possible version of that in all the right ways. Mm. Unfortunately, that genre has those issues of like, sometimes those instructions are really kind of blocky. Sometimes the details, uh, it's really easy to miss an important detail that you should be conveying to your other players and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Mm. any, any pitfalls that Savage Hall experienced in, I think the LARP aspect and the role playing of it, it happens to, all of the things in these genres. They're, so they're I, endemic I to the that, form. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah. and so I, I do want to, in their defense, I think that's a problem there. But then, of course, what makes that genre so fun and why people do these kind of things is that, and very fortunately with our group, is that you get the right people together and it's magic. Like, truly, like, I sometimes I luckily played it personally. I luckily played a character who kind of had a lower stakes objective. They're kind of like <laughs> trying to stay hidden. Trying like my my role was to try to av- like avoid confrontation. So I sometimes, frankly, just got caught up in some really fantastic performances from my fellow uh, audience members, being <laughs> the people you- I know and work with. And Leah that's t- where actually I would jump in to to offer because one perspective that I do have that's different from Patrick and Leah is that. Um, I was the murderer. And again, not having as much LARP experience specifically with this, uh, with this genre, I found it really exhausting. I was delighted by our team 
And again, all of the accolades that we have now shown a spotlight on for um, Dark Arcade and for Savage Hall, I, I completely agree with. I, I will say, though, that this was, um, I. so again, maybe this is more um, indicative of the genre and areas that where this could be refined and developed further. But I, I really felt like I didn't have as much of a chance to really delight in how wonderful our group was. It felt like from the jump, this was a very difficult task for me in this role. So you knew, you knew from jump that you were the killer. I knew very, very early on, maybe not from the jump, but from very early on. And I really felt like this was one area where I did want the writing to be beefed up maybe a little bit more. To me, it actually seemed, and I'd be curious to hear what Patrick and Leah think about this. To me, it seemed actually very obvious uh, from early on that, that it, that it was me, that it was my character. And so it, it just was a very lengthy labored process that I wish I could have enjoyed a little, I mean, I committed fully, but I wish I could have enjoyed it a little bit more. Uh, And I, I, I hear all that. And I think for, you know, the first time out, that's always difficult, but with this genre, with the, you know, murder mystery dinner party box type things, being the murderer is always a thankless job. And it like you're into your point. Like, I think you're just, you're always guaranteed to kind of not have fun to a certain point. I, mm. I don't know about any other people's experiences, but it's, if you're not prepared for that, or if you're not like with the right group or in the right mindset, it's a slog. This is, it's fascinating. Cause like I've, I've LARPed a ton in my day. Like I ran two vampire LARPs in college, uh, not simultaneously. Cause I'm not, I'm not an Alcavian, but, um, <laughs> but I, I, that was a joke for one person in the group. Yeah. Um, deep cuts. I, I deep, appreciate deep cuts. it. I knew, I knew you would. I knew you would. Um, that said, I've never done a murder mystery dinner theater thing and, or murder mystery in a box. And every time someone describes them, like, I just feel like I would bounce off it so hard because of things like that. Like the idea of like, but well, Patrick- one person's going to be the killer and boy, they're not going to have much fun. And I'm just like, well, if I'm if I'm going to do all the work and and not get the reward of being the game master and get to play seventeen different characters, which is the joy of being the antagonist in a role playing situation, from my point of view, then like I don't I don't see the appeal. Maybe I still maybe I'll go to my grave having never done one. I mean, Patrick made a good point that uh, you go in with your group. Uh, they don't sell individual tickets. You have to go in with the same group of people. So like you're bound to at least be on the same page and the same energy wavelength. Uh, and also Laura. Hey, Laura. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Laura. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You were fantastic. Uh, I think one thing that they do really nicely though, is all of the characters have something they're trying to hide. So mm. like we are all being a little bit shifty narrative uh, from a narrative point of view. Um, but you're not wrong. I, I think even as a non-killer character, I, I was tired by the end. And I think a lot of that came down to being a bit stressed out about whether or not I was sharing the right information so that my fellow players could have a good game, Mm -hmm. which I think is the thing that you don't always get in LARP. Like in LARP, when you're a little more freeform, you know, you can, you can wing it and go and everyone's going to find their own story here. There's a story that's laid out and you're sort of trying to fulfill the, the needs of the brief. and, And that was a little bit hard for me. And I will say, like, it works on the other end, too, because I, I see I see a inexperienced group of people 
who are just in it to like have some fun. Let's have a few drinks. Let's get on a Zoom call. Let's do something a little different than we've been doing for the past two years. And like people who just are just casually in it to like do some funny voices and be like, I think it was you, good sir. <laughs> I think we're going to have a delightful time too, in the sense, you know? Yeah, um, Liam made a great point. After we finished and we did sort of a little team debrief uh, the, the night of, and I thought Liam made a great point around um, how we, we did all take it very seriously. <sighs> and we almost maybe took it a little too seriously. I mean, we ha- our group was fantastic and, again, fully committed and was delightful. It was such a pleasure. But I, I think accents, there's validity there to that. There were tears. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Did, did, any of you, did any of you get a chance to play? Because I cannot remember if we if, – I can't even remember if we reviewed this or had a chance to review it. I swing, you swing, a swing seventies mystery game. Did Blake you do that did, one? Who did do Blake. Savage Hall and is not here? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just because that one feels like they they approach you know the the idea of the who done it with like a totally different what they done did. Um, so I, I feel like maybe that also like the stakes, the tone. Also, I'm very happy. Like I just Googled swinging paternity LARP and our our link to it was the first thing that appeared because I was trying to remember the name. Wow. Um, and it worked. It worked. It and that's just up. synergy. You cannot buy. You can't. Only you through can't. swinging. Only through swinging. <laughs> swinging paternity LARP. I mean, that's. I'm glad it worked. Um, so yes. yeah. So, well, sounds sounds like maybe like tossing the the team back in, but to go do something ridiculous might be might be because I, I I'm wondering if it, is it the form or if it is the content that that this energy drain kind of came through. But, I, I mean, the content I think could be adjusted for sure, but I, I believe it's more form. Okay. All right. I, I agree. Uh, and final final plug for this, I think uh, if you're a person who's maybe on the edge of immersive, uh, maybe you're a little bit interested in LARP or role-playing, but you really don't have a group or you don't feel like you know what you're doing, this is a really good place to dip your toes in the water. Um, you can experience a lot of the fun of role-play and LARP without having to deal with complicated character sheets or any of that jazz. Yeah, full agree. All right. All right. Well, that sounds pretty good. That again is Savage Hall. It is booking now. And uh, the fastest way to do that is just go over to everythingimmersive.com, type in Savage Hall, and uh, we'll send you on your merry way. We are going to take a quick technical pause because we're going to let Laura jump out of the recording because uh, when we, we jump over into the next phase, which will happen instantaneously for everyone listening to the podcast, uh, we're going to start talking arcane and uh laura's going on saturday and patrick and leah are are bajillion miles away from it so they can ask (laughs) questions without worrying about getting spoiled so laura thank you for thank you for your service as the murderess of uh (laughs) always a pleasure All right, now we're back for part two, and we are going to start talking about Secret Cinema's production of Arcane, Enter the Undercity, based off of Arcane, League of Legends, a series by Riot Games on Netflix. <laughs> I had to do it that way. Um, Jen, do you want to take a crack at explaining what this show is? 
I'm sure. Yeah, I go mean, for it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start it and you can probably pip, uh, pitch in as you see fit. But um, essentially, we are visiting the Undercity, which is the um, more cyberpunk world element of the arcane show world. Uh, there is a top side, which is full of, you know, upper class folk and steampunk innovations. And the Undercity is more of a cyberpunk slums, high tech, low life type um, setting. So we enter that realm and there are enforcers that are clearly already seeking trouble as we are uh, entering the city. And in this world, it feels kind of like an open world. There are many different um, NPCs that offer you quests. And then there are two main cutscenes, I would say, that happen right at the middle and right at the end. Um, oh, and, there's, and there's an intro cutscene too. And I and love that we're calling intro, it a cutscene because that's exactly rave. what these are intro yeah. rave i will say and the whole experience is about two hours and you have a lot of freedom to pursue whatever storyline you want to uh uncover and there's also you know a bar and whatnot for refreshments like you know to to nod to the last drop which is a bar fixture that you see in um in the game itself i mean sorry in the show itself <laughs> there we go there are a lot of layers here like there's a whole mm-hmm. layer to this like Riot's been working on this transmedia domination of the world for about oh, five years now. And this mm-hmm. is kind of the culmination. Uh, I believe yeah. you, your Facebook status earlier was that you have the <laughs> theme song of, of Arcane stuck in your head. And I and I responded to a lyric you quoted with the next lyric because it's in, stuck in yes. my head too. Oh my well, it, on that note really quick. So mm-hmm. how how well do I need to know the game and or the show? Like, is that a big boom? Like before we even get into it, should I, should everyone, if they can see the show first and then they would go see this is like that, the perfect situation that needs to occur. You know, I go ahead. Oh, I would say you don't need to play the game. Amen. Like I knew nothing of the game other than, other than riot, other than it's existed for 10 years. And like they create hybrid K-pop American pop bands using the characters as if the characters were the gorillas, right? Yes. Like that's what I knew about it. And, um, and, 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 and other things about like the companies involved, right? Because of tech reporter status, but watching at least the first episode of the series. And I honestly think the first three episodes, because the show is set in between the first arc, which is the first three episodes, and the second arc, which is it's it's literally set basically you know on the first uh, on episode four functionally, if you know when they fudge a little bit, but that's sort of when the show the the, the secrets in the show is set. But I think the key thing is if you don't like the world and don't like the characters you meet in that animated series, if you don't like the tone and the vibe and everything, you're not going to like the stage show. And so that like saves you 70 to $140. But if you do like the show, there are so many Easter eggs embedded. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't know going in that we were going to start meeting characters from the show from jump. Like even before we were brought in, like I, I was on a press track. So like I was being shunted over to go hang out with the big bads right from the start. And the first person who comes out to meet us 
like they say like oh yeah like wait here and Savika will come get you and I'm like wait that's a character from the show what really and then an actress comes up and you know like she's she's channeling that character and then the first thing that happens as before we're allowed in is like the person playing the sheriff of of piltover like kind of one of the 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 middle level antagonists like this corrupt cop comes up and addresses us all and like what was scary was like he looked like the character he sounded like the character it was like oh my god it's the guy from the show but he's a human and not animated and so I was really just sort of floored uh, by by the talent they've managed to, to 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 pop up on this one, but I don't know. Like Jen, Jen, you had encountered the show at least, right? Um. So honestly, I had not even started the show before I saw the live show. I was invited because one of my friends did the audio for for the show and so i was going in completely with fresh eyes and um i was still blown away honestly because they did such a good job of um establishing tone as you said and um it reminded me a lot of just the open world video games that i'm very used to you know um cyberpunk and sci-fi are very familiar to me so it was nice to see that happening in real time. I think I definitely got a different show than you did, Noah, because I don't think I was uh, ushered to the same character that you mentioned. Um, for my show, it was very much um, an open world. It was very much sandbox. You get to pick and go in with whatever you feel interested in. And so um, me and Gilly, actually, the people who made... Uh, the person who made Oblivious with me, um, as you recall, uh, we actually approached so many different NPCs giving so many new quests that we couldn't finish them all by the end of the two hour period, which is, I think, the only tragedy of this performance. Um, so, but, so break down yeah. what a quest would be, because yeah. you, you did a number of these. And I'm going to tell you, spoiler alert, I did none of them and still had a blast. <laughs> but like, tell us about this. This is, this is the main thing I wanted to hear from you. Because like, sure. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know what's going on in the show. Half of it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think like uh, our, me and Gilly's gamer initiative senses kind of kicked in. So we just went immediately to talk to characters that were roaming about the space. And it turns out that each and every one of them has like a position and a stake in the grand narrative. And so uh, we went up to somebody who directed us towards Rennie, who wanted to employ us through the sledge runners. And we were supposed to um, discover how to break into Silco's lodge, you know? And then we walked up to somebody else and they said they wanted to hire us for Silco. And we walked up to somebody else and they were saying, oh, have you found any shimmer yet? You know, it seemed like a lot of the bee quests were formulated around finding shimmer now that was my only kind of gripe with the with the tale because i knew that uh shimmer was a very valuable um resource but they didn't really give any directives as to how to locate them so um by asking around you actually ended up opening up more quests rather than gaining more information on how to progress in finding shimmer and that sounds very yeah. much like an open video yes. game like exactly. can I complete this one quest would you like more oh you want a quest no no i've got a quest <laughs> like oh here's four more quests it's yeah. like oh god 
I, I was really happy, though, that I actually stumbled upon the main quest and was able to complete that. So the main quest for me, in my opinion, uh, was that we got employed by this uh, person named Nova, who was running this uh, dual agent deal for Silco. And she gave us a directive to go to the bar. And we asked for somebody at the bar who gave us a contract. And we were to show Silco the contract but we needed a password. So we used a password to get through the main security guard in the lobby so that we could enter this mezzanine uh, secret doorway and go down into the pit and find Silco kind of preaching bombastically in his kind of sultry, cruel way to a small group of people. He takes our contract and then he tells us to go out in the world and to find his minions and whatnot. So we go find another agent who we say we are looking for Jinx, and they smile, leading us into the room where Jinx is being held. Now, uh, I, I do believe for that evening, me and my friend were the first ones to enter the Jinx uh, private space, which essentially is uh, something akin to the weird wind tunnel uh, mechanic uh, chrome thing that she dwells in for the majority of when you first meet her character post time jump, but in the show, in the cartoon, in the yeah, show, yeah. in yeah. the show. So um, that room was very interesting because that moved strictly into escape room territory. So there were many sequences with uh, levers on the walls, and each lever uh, had a particular combination to. Um, to light up a series of lights in the center. And the more purple lights you could light up, the more, you know, it was assumed that we could free Jinx. So um, she sat, the actor sat all the way up top and was encouraging us verbally in her typical maniacal manner. And um, I was clearly the overthinker because, you know, I've worked in escape room games and I've done a lot of them. So I was just like, okay, great. Well, this line is the line this way and th this light is this color. Therefore, one, three, and six must be correct. And she was like, no, 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 no. You're overthinking it. Just keep trying the <laughs> combinations. So it turns out it was kind of like a chaotic free-for-all until you found the right combinations. And there were about 10 series of those before this, like, really jarring uh, trance light came on with like glow paint that ignited all along the walls. And there were riddles that we had to crack. So we solved the riddle and she was freed. And that was the end of that private scene. Oh, wow. And Jinx walked free. Yeah. I, I had zero. So I spent the exact same amount of time in this experience as you did. <laughs> and I didn't even know there was something that was escape room. Like I think literally until you mentioned it on Facebook, like two days later. And I yeah. do not think of that as like a fault because I was having so much fun just messing around with the characters and kind of like we were given a mission very early on. And was it the same mission that you all have? Like, is it, or do you, do you each individually got a mission? So there's a, there's a meta game in a sense, okay. right? In that like over the course of the night, the idea is whichever crew winds up with the most shimmer wins. Uh, and, you know, the idea is like you're, you're trying to fight for the balance of power in, in the Undercity. And of course, you know, the house always wins. Like it's a rigged game, right? It's a metaphor for all life, everybody. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so like you can kind of, if 
by leaning into that metagame at all, you can you can either play a particular line. Like we were given a mission of take these jugs of shimmer and they've got these big gas canisters like that you'd find on the back of a Jeep and they're just like painted a little sparkly. And it's like, we were told take these, um, take these across through the lanes. Uh, don't get caught. If an enforcer sees you drop it, walk away. Mm-hmm. Right. If someone try to, if, if, if anyone calls you out on it, just, just walk away. So you got to hide it. Right. You got to do best to conceal it. And these are huge. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're the size of your torso, right. You're not going yeah. to, it's hard. They're about to a hide. gallon. Yeah. They're a gallon. Right. You know, like bigger than a gallon. I think they're, I know they're like, I think like, they're like four or five gallon jugs. Right. You know, like they're, mm-hmm. they're big. Um, maybe two gallon jugs. Anyway, they're, they're not small. <laughs> um, bigger than a gallon of milk for certain. Right. Yeah. And, and you're told us, and we were told specifically, take these to uh, a particular woman, silver hair, dots on her face. And I was like, mm-hmm. cool, going to get that right. And we found a woman with silver hair and dots on her face and gave her the jugs. It was the wrong <laughs> woman with silver <laughs> hair and dots on her face. Yep. I quickly realized as soon as we were done with the transaction, oh, yeah, Margot is her supposed to go to. So I turned around to my crew and was like, oh, so – I think we just had a small hiccup here, right? And and like we instantly blew our mission, but then we spent the rest of the night pretending that we didn't blow our mission. Uh, and that crew kind of dissolved quickly, but then we just went and got into like individually got into more trouble. Um, and so I just kind of bounced around, um, you know, running gossip uh, back to the the big bads, uh, bantering with actors. Uh, getting a quest, kind of running off, doing it, uh, having and having just kind of ridiculous emergent gameplay happen. Uh, and then like in the middle of the thing, like, you know, a rave breaks out, right? Because they've got a they've got a cut scene to do. And it was just a, it was just a joy living that way for a bit and just living in that world for a couple hours. Absolutely. I, I almost felt greedy because, you know, mm. I had so many quests opened up and yet I felt like I didn't have enough time to pursue them and a lot of them were you know I I felt that there were many different factions as you had mentioned um all trying to vie for shimmer so there was no sense of you know who I should actually pick because I didn't know who to be loyal to neither did I actually know how to find the shimmer so it very it seemed to vary um, from person to person, whether or not you actually happened upon Shimmer, because there was no clear directive as to how to locate it. So yeah, um, there were like I think there yeah. were different ways. I think there was like like there were like puzzles to solve that could then like mm-hmm. unlock some. There was definitely there was a there was a trunk that was set up, but there was a lock mechanism, in, you know, and it was a is a Shimmer stock, and that's where I got a jug to go take across to like do a deal for information. Um, and how many? And... No, go ahead. No, 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 you. Well, so I, so then how many, so you, you talk about you guys were overloaded with quests and interactions. So in that sense, like how many, whether, whether you completed them or not, my first part of the question is um, how many side quests did you feel you encountered? At least five. Okay. Yeah. And no. I definitely, I was sent on one that was totally normal. And then I think they may have just BS'd one or two 
for me to go to, which, which, which I was totally, my favorite thing of the night was I was, was I think was just like the actor on her feet being like, okay, well, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go over to so-and-so and demand information about this. And so I did. And then he was like, okay, well, I'll do it, but only if you do this. And so I was like, all right. So then I went back to the original person. I was like, well, he wants me to betray you, but I'm not going to betray you. But I do need to take some shimmer over to him. And she was like, okay, sure, great. Here you go. Here's here's how to get the shimmer. And then I go, and then I like, I, and then because I'm not supposed to get caught, I'm like acting like I've got you know, a back injury, uh, you know, and, hum- and humped over, right? You know, making a lot of noise, being very obvious that I'm carrying the stuff because I'm handing it up. And then I go upstairs and then I got to wait because like the corrupt cop is shaking down the person I'm supposed to talk about. So I just turn to some other people who are waiting for their turn to talk to somebody and I start BSing with them in character. And they're kind of half in character, half not in character because I think they're a little more confused. And then I finally wait for Cross <laughs> to get free. And then we... Then he goes, and one thing that kind of annoyed me was like he turned to some like other players and was like, should I do this deal? And they're just like, oh, well, you agreed to it already, so sure. That was the one thing I was all annoyed of. There was a little bit too much of deference to like the people around, like, like, oh, let's include everybody. And it's like, no, 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 don't don't break the scene to like make everybody enjoy. But what was fun about that was that while he was doing that and while I got what I wanted, someone just swung by and stole the shimmer that I had brought. <laughs> And I was just, and I was like, oh, serves you right. And then I just left. And it was, it was great. And was that part of the script? But because they have this like object, they have these character motivations that they're all just pursuing. You can have this emergent gameplay show up. Or maybe it was scripted. That's one of the options. I don't know. It could be either. You know, not knowing has always been the thing that I hated most about that kind of play. Where like, Mm -hmm. man, I love that, that actors can get into it and have character motivations, but I want to feel like like I'm leaving with a, a larger narrative behind me. And sometimes that sort of play can get in the way of that. Did you not feel that way at all? No, because like the thing I was pursuing in that moment was information about one of the main mm-hmm. characters, right? That was rooted in the character relationships, right? So like, and, and, and that of course meant something to me because I know the show. Right. So the equivalent to like take a Star Wars metaphor would be if if Kylo Ren told me, like, I need to find out about that girl. I need you to go ask Poe Dameron about that girl. Right. That that's the kind of narrative I found myself in was I was like, oh, I need to go get information about the main character of the show voiced by Haley Stansfeld in the series from this minor character I don't know about. And I'm being told to do that by this other character who I know fights her. So cool. Right. Like I'm in the middle of the drama of the drama, but I don't know if I had no context for those characters, if any of that would have hit the same way other than the dynamics of this actor knows what they want and they're using me as a cat's paw to get what they want. And and that's often enough for me to vibe in the scene. And, and Jen, I was wondering to, and on that note, with the site, uh, you, you completed this main mission. Did that, did was that the end of it? Were you then shown like, well, great, thanks for stopping by. Okay, uh, make sure you to watch the show, please leave. <laughs> or were you then just released back into the world at large to do as you see fit? 
we were released back into the world at large. I definitely want to bump what Leah just uh, explained because that was actually something that I bumped up against as well. You know, going in with no context, um, it definitely seemed like it was self-propulsion throughout most of the thing, you know? So it was really exciting to finally be pushed into the main quest and to complete something. And it definitely did feel deflating to then be pushed back into um, status quo, you know? So um, I, like Noah, also did take on some character traits, uh, you know, while we were um, trying to get some more information from NPCs, we were pretending to be like beverage carriers because <laughs> <laughs> they were like, use your acting skills. And we were like, okay, great. Uh, yeah, we, we're bringing the drinks for the party. And I even said that in front of Silco, you know, I was like, we're bringing the drinks for the party. And he's like, I don't see any drinks. <laughs> well, well, great. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely felt like it peaked out at a certain level because past that point, um, characters knew what their motivations were, but they definitely were trying to bat you around into another storyline, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I could see what they were doing. Like, if you went up to a character and you didn't have a clear purpose or drive or motivation um, to do so, they'd usually try to, you know, absorb you in and kind of adopt you and then send you along your way so that you have something to do. But um, the thing I kept bumping up against was the shimmer quest because we kept going to person after person who kept requesting for shimmer and we couldn't really find where the shimmer was. So that, you know, that definitely was, was something that I struggled with. Yeah, I think not so because so much of the meta was you know around this and and again meaninglessly around it right like it was right. just macguffin right they might mm -hmm. as well have called mm -hmm. it like well you got to go down to the macguffin plant and fill up the bottles with shimmer it's like okay <laughs> i know it's i know what we're here we're, what we're here to do but mm -hmm. like uh, you know i you know there was a stack of it that we were told to go take and then I watch people like getting it, but I, I literally had no sense of like where it was coming from. And if yeah, I hadn't yeah. been you know, put onto certain tasks, I probably would not have interacted with it at all. I Definitely. think that's one of the, weekend, the, the mm -hmm. weak points about it. But then from the level of like, there's the build, there's, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that rewards curiosity, rewards that self-propulsion, -propul right? Like, you know, you got to be here to play. But it is sort of funny because there is that, the whole other line where it's like, there's a functioning bar in there, you know? So like I walked in and I had a token and I'm like, oh, Johnny Walker Black, please. And so I was like down in whiskey and, you know, tried the churros, don't have the churros, they're not good, but the sausages look pretty good. I should have had the sausage, but I wasn't hungry. Um, and, you know, like there's people just kind of vibing and and it's it's not so clean as, you know, oh, you'll never have a dull moment, but it's kind of the closest I've seen to someone making like a temporary LARP theme park yeah. pop up. Everything yeah. you're saying is is reminding me of uh, that South by South Westworld activation uh, from a few years ago. Mm. I mean, it sounds like all the mechanics are there, um, but I, I think what that suffered from for me was the fact that it was, it was such a short duration. If I could have gone back multiple times, I think it, all of the things that I that I experienced as um, 
things to bump up against would have been features instead of bugs. So mm-hmm. what's the runtime for this? Uh, how long is it playing? The run, sadly, is only through the 19th of this month. It is December no. 1st when we're recording this. And that has everything to do with the fact that, you know, this is being staged in on a sound stage somewhere in South LA. Um, and there's a film shoot coming in. And they're going to make a lot more money on the film shoot than they are on this activation. And the kind of tragedy, I was talking with one of the, the, the core creators of this, like right after the show, and he noted like, oh yeah, like this is a lot more gamified than the stuff that you've normally done. So if people have done secret cinema, like this is a lot more gamified according to them. And then um, they had half the usual time they have to, to rehearse it. Um, but the actors were just doing such a good job and really, yeah. And so, and, and so we had this long conversation just about the talent pool in Los Angeles and how impressive it is. And sort of the shame of it all is that, you know, it's just hard. It's very hard to secure and get space permitted for this kind of work in LA, which is a crying shame because all the fabrication talent is here. All the performing talent is here. Reams of the design talent is here. But securing the space because either the, the premium that studio space goes for or the uh, way in which LA just doesn't want to deal with permits for these kinds of pop-up events. So it's it's a real – it sucks. It's one of the things that I hate about living here is that we have all this potential uh and and no no go i will say to note on covid stuff people were being very 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 good about their masks uh save for when like they were eating or drinking uh it's well over like a week and a half since i've been everyone had to like show their vaccination to get in because that's how we roll in los angeles now and uh, I haven't heard of any incidents coming through. I mean, I know we're living in maybe the endemic part of a pandemic. Uh, and so it's always like a calculated uh, calculated risks all the way around. But um, it's like a, felt as secure as you could given all the, the circumstances. I don't know if that was your experience too, Jen. Um, I, I believe so. It, it was also interesting that they uh, sealed off our cell phones. They were not allowing us to mm. film or post about it or take photos whatsoever. They, they ask you to put your phone in this uh, secured bag where you can't take it out and use it at all. So actually that helped add to my experience, I feel like, you know, because if everybody was on their phones filming, I think they wouldn't have been fully immersed or felt as encouraged to pursue these quest lines the way they would, you know? Did, did they do the thing that they did the night I was at, which is they let us take them out at the end, or did they not do that for y'all? Um, I don't think they did that for us. Okay, no. probably like preview nights Might be they a, were doing that. Yeah, yeah, different for press maybe. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I, think, I think the night I went, I know there were a lot of rioters, people from Riot Games who were there. Mm-hmm. I know because like someone someone came into Silco's room when I was in there and they started like BSing with Silco and like <laughs> trying to like run their own gambit and Silco wasn't having it. And I was like mocking that person and being like, I don't think he knows where he is, boss. And then later on, I was told that was one of the head writers of Riot Games. So that was a really <laughs> lovely, beautiful moment. Um, and again, just, just, just the meta of it all, um, but just fun. 
Yeah, it was fun. a beautiful world. I mean, they had so many levels to play on. Um, they had so many different rooms and nooks and crannies and characters just waiting for you to talk to them, you know? And, so and I, not a very big space, right? Not a too big of a yeah. space, but yeah. so much playing space within a small space. Yeah. And like, I, I just bemoaned the fact that it was only two hours because like I wanted to solve every single quest, you know, I'm a completionist. Like I, I've done like over 200 hours on horizon zero dawn. Like what, oh my God. what am I going to do here? You know, like, that's how, that's how they get you though. I mean, Todd Martin in his, in, in his review said the same thing was like, he, he would gladly go back and do another track. Yeah. And I, and I really don't think of that. I, I think of that as like, you know, a feature and not a bug of this stuff. Like if you go to an immersive piece I mean, that's that's how they get you with Sleep No More, right? Yeah. The legend is like it takes eight times to see everything, you know? If that, you know, that. sometimes sometimes yeah. even more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, any any questions or from from Patrick and Leah about what we did or shall we shall we open this up for the move us on into the next phase of the whole deal? Yeah, I've got a question. Why can't I go see it right now? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. You know, I'm. They've done all the creative now, and the this seems to have been a the show's a hit. The show is a global hit. One hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and Whoa. it is the number one television series. So, it's a number one television series on Netflix around the world. It's not the number one television series here. But that's because like America's weird. But like after Squid Game, it was Arcane. And so I'm not I have no insider knowledge. I don't know anything about, you know, any kind of plan for them to do more with this. But I would be kind of shocked if they didn't decide to bring this back ahead of season two. Because that's the other the weird thing about this mm-hmm. is that they dropped this show like like a the week that the third arc of episodes of the series dropped which itself was a weird thing for Netflix cuz they usually usually get a whole binge drop but they dropped it as three arcs so that also gave it time the show time to build word of mouth and then the series dropped the, 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 this this event dropped and i think a lot of people didn't know what it was going to be or what it was had no context for the for the cartoon and now there's this love of this thing and people are like, what do you mean I can go see this show? And I think that's hopefully having a positive impact um, and and has to be some incentive for them to like be, hey, what about remounting this before season two, but like maybe doing it in a few markets instead of just one. Yeah, uh, New York is waiting. Come on out, guys. Yeah. Well, and then I have a quick question because in this kind of genre with the sandbox immersive, speaking of sleep no more and things like that, um, you know, there's the road not taken. Uh, were there any obvious things that like you're in the midst of doing a quest uh, or you see someone, but you get caught up in something else? What's the thing like, you know, I guess that maybe for those who might be listening, who are able to listen and go uh, uh later or whatever or don't mind the spoilers of like what's the thing that you wish you did in this experience that you didn't get a chance to just solely because you were caught up in something else for the both of you jen yeah i i definitely feel like if i were to go next time i would definitely inquire further and choose a group to be loyal to 
so that I could deliver Shimmer to them and see how the characters change in response to that. Um, I, I was going to mention too that the whole Shimmer thing reminds me of, uh, you know, escape room games when you go in a large group and maybe you don't recognize everybody in your party. And if somebody is onto something, then there's like a group think that happens where everyone swarms to the location and suddenly it, it becomes more about like fulfilling the time constraint of like figuring the thing out and it kind of like dissolves the narrative purpose of having done it, you know? Mm. Like th- I saw certain people going up towards places where others had extracted shimmer from and were like figuring out the mechanism instead of like, you know, taking a quest from somebody and yada yada. So um, yeah, the next time if I could go, I would probably, um, you know, try to play it straight <laughs> and steal shimmer the right way. Now that I know there's like a whole escape room thing with like a, a, a room with Jinx, I would be like, oh, I need to go do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like now that I know it exists, like I would, I would try to find these, these hidden rooms and see how try definitely to do that one. And, and just, yeah, like try and figure out like, how can I get on, on, on that particular quest? Um, I also know that like Todd wound up being like basically detailed to Vi was running around and helping Vi out and I'm like oh shit like I didn't know you could do that so yeah I'd, I would I would try and go go for some of the other main characters and see see what the the show looks like when you're trying to like be part of their squads but who knows who knows how hard or easy that is like that's the one thing I, right, I kind of worry right. that like you wouldn't be able to like easily yeah it could be totally random too like you exactly. just like you 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 just make eye contact with the performer and they pick you and that's why you're going to be hanging out with them for the next two hours for sure but yeah. i was just kind of curious in that sense i guess i was also trying to mine out like and it's very clear but like make it also explicit like how much there was to do that there are things that you guys are kind of like, oh, I'm like kind of drooling over the fact that I didn't get a chance to do this, right? Like that's such a kind of impressive feat for essentially what is arguably just a pop-up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. All right. On that note, it's six o'clock. Time to wrap this up. Uh, folks, thank you for sticking around for the live. We are going to we're gonna drop into live chat with those who are uh, here in the Discord with us. So feel free to drop into the cafe where uh, we will turn our microphones back on and be able to listen to each other. Uh, Patrick and I will discuss uh, really quickly in the Zencaster in a moment about how we're going to take care of uh, pick of the week stuff. And then, uh, yeah, uh, thank you all. Uh, as we noted, Kevin and Laura are going to be uh, checking it out, Arcane out this weekend, and we're going to record a special section with them next week. We will also be doing a special, I think at a special time, we've got um, another Secret Cinema event that we're, a bunch of the crew is going to go to on next Wednesday and then spill out into here, there is a activation the Secret Cinema is doing online for Ghostbusters. I believe this is called the Gates of Gozer. And uh, we're going to check that out. And then the crew is going to talk their instantaneous reactions. And then that episode of the podcast that week will have uh, the section with uh, Laura and Kevin talking more arcane. Uh, We'll see if they have radically different experiences or hate it or something. And uh, the whole team uh, uh, fresh off uh, an experience and comparing notes. Always a dangerous (laughs) proposition with this crew. 
Uh, for the review crew, I'm Noah Nelson, and uh, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>